Donald Trump pardoned so many people. And yes, it's as bad as you think. Is Die Hard a holiday movie? We could be ending the debate once and for all. And Stephen LeConte is back to give us some more advice before the holidays. The date, December 23rd, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, everyone, listeners, I need you to know some really big news. Zach did get his powers. <laughs> oh my God, what, did I, <laughs> what have I done? What have I done, Casey? Because my headache is now gone. It, it took days for it to go and it's gone. So tell me what happened. Zach, you know what you did. Will you please tell everyone what you manifested? Oh, yes, I did. That was the first thing I did with post-headache time. <laughs> Our dear friend, Heather Gay, from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, just got Rihanna herself to slide into her DMs and say that she's a big fan. This is the intersection of all of my passions in the world, as you all have now picked up on. Heather Gay, Rihanna, DM sliding, you know, standing for each other, gassing each other up. This is truly magic. And this is my superpower. I mean, my jaw dropped. Like, your name was written all over it. But people don't know my best friend Rihanna. That I just had slide into Rihanna. I've never met this woman. I've never been in the same room as Rihanna. I've never seen her. I've never been to a concert. Nothing. So no, I've I've never shared air with this woman. Like, and I would love to. And I will also get a mullet. But this is quite something. So Casey, has Heather Gay said anything? Because all I got was you sending me a screenshot. But have we had any conversations? Are they having brunch? What's happening? You know what? I hope they are post-COVID. I do not know. But how I found out was because Heather Gay did post about it on Instagram because, oh, my God, you would screenshot that. My God, you need to put it into a museum. Yes, I I would print it out and frame it. One of my friends, I won't name names here, but a dear friend of mine once got to an Instagram fight with a celebrity and she like blocked him and canceled him. So he took screenshots, printed it all out and framed it, put them in, put it in his bedroom, <laughs> which we love. That is truly amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? All right. So Donald Trump pardoned a ton of people last night. Among those he pardoned included George Papadopoulos, who you might remember lied to federal investigators about whether or not he had dirt on Hillary Clinton. If you thought that was bad, it of course gets worse because why wouldn't it? He also pardoned former Republican representatives Duncan Hunter and Chris Collins, who pled guilty to misusing campaign funds. Hunter and Collins were very early supporters of Trump. And because why would it stop there, Trump also pardoned several of the military contractors from Blackwater convicted of killing 14 Iraqi citizens. Meanwhile, Trump isn't done before the holidays get here. He's also asking Congress to amend the $900 billion stimulus package proposed by Congress. If you're asking why he'd do this, Trump explained it himself on Twitter. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. I'm also asking Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items from this legislation and to send me a suitable bill or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package and maybe that administration will be me. Lumped into the quote, wasteful and unnecessary items section of the bill is money set aside for museums, foreign aid, and fish management. Democrats quickly pounced on this opportunity with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, quote, Republicans repeatedly refused to say what amount the president wanted for direct checks. At last, the president has agreed to $2,000. Democrats are ready to bring this to the floor this week by unanimous consent. Let's 
do it. It's chaos. <laughs> um, wow, that is wild. Everything. I mean, this is it's just so obvious of Trump just wanting to make people happy one time before he leaves. And I don't know, Casey, when you were hearing that audio, if you two caught yourself holding your breath when he said the next administration, thinking he was winking at Biden actually winning. But he took that away from us saying it could be me too, which is not the case here. The election is over. Things have been certified. It's done. It is over. But I do think it is in the best interest from all the science and data information we have about how the economic fallout of the pandemic has hurt families, that they do deserve more money to pay off the debts that we have been talking about a lot lately. So he is correct in that they do need $2,000, but the pathway to this could have been shortened by him way early on. This could have been dealt with a long time ago if people just would have listened to people being impacted. Oh, you know, easy solution. I also do want to say one thing because it was a little bit of word trickery. He said, and $4,000 for couples. And I'm like, well, no, duh. Each of them are getting 2000 then. You're not, Casey, look at you. you're not doing anything special. You just added two sets of numbers together. That's really, <laughs> and that is the magic of Trump math there. Trump math. All right. Well, Casey, what do you have going on in the world of pop culture and entertainment heading into the holiday break? So like many other people, I love the relationship between Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak. They're best friends, former lovers. She says he's not the father of her children, although there are a lot of conspiracy theories that say otherwise. But either way, we love them all. So in a new interview with Tori Burch, Mindy has just given us a little delightful insight into how the pair are celebrating the holidays this year together. Explaining, quote, what I think we're going to do is my daughter and I are going to make cookies and apple cider and we're going to be in the kitchen. And then her godfather is BJ Novak and he is going to show up and go to our living room where the tree is in a Santa costume. So there you have it. BJ Novak will be Santa this year for Mindy Kaling's children. It's great content that could go into the next book they write together. I love the relationship. And, you know, Mindy Kaling's a dear friend of the show, uh, as you yes. are aware of, a dear, dear friend of ours. And what I love about her relationship with Mr. Novak is that even if he is her man or not her man, whatever, but the fact that she can have like a side chick type of dude situation and like we all just don't know because she's like, that's not in your business. We stand. I aspire. I would like. I also love the idea of her raising her kids and being like, I can do this by myself. And if a man helps Good for him. And if he's going to help, he's going to be labor, which is Santa. Enjoy. <laughs> Credit to the two people who have been able to hide their personal lives so well as Mindy Kaling and January Jones. No one knows who's the father of their children. And I love that. Good for them. Legend. I'm so glad you brought up January Jones. You are bringing up some of my favorite white women today. <laughs> Heather Gay, January Jones, Casey Rackham. <laughs> just really, it's a really good day. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> okay, so moving on. It's possible that we may have settled an age-old debate. Is Die Hard a holiday movie? According to the film's writer, Stephen E. D'Souza, the answer is a hard yes. And he's made a pretty solid argument by comparing it to the classic Bing Crosby film, White Christmas, which actually takes place following the close of World War II. Some people say to me, Die Hard cannot be a Christmas movie because you kill people. And I say, was Ellis killed? Yes. I said, we don't see Ellis killed. He's killed off camera. Does that still count? Do off camera deaths count? Well, yes. Okay. If a county Ellis is killed off camera, 23 people are killed in Die Hard. But now that you, my skeptic about Die Hard being Christmas movie, admit that off-camera deaths count, the body count in White Christmas is 26,128 people in the Battle of the Bulge, which is the opening scene of the movie. 
This is just a snippet of D'Souza's very convincing argument. You can listen to the rest in his appearance on the Script Apart podcast. Casey, I will forever be changed that the definition of a Christmas movie is deeply engaged with the idea, do people die or not? (laughs) I have never thought about that. That is fascinating as kind of the first barrier. I'm excited to be post-COVID drunk at a Christmas party and bringing up that fact. Well, if they they die, not a Christmas movie. It's like it's not a Christmas, but also like Christmas movies always have death. I thought like there's that movie last Christmas that came out last oh, year right. that wow. is very much. I mean, if you, if you guys we haven't don't heard, want to spoil, the, but... but some of there's a there's a heart transplant or some type of transplant in there that you realize <laughs> someone has died in. But like death is like a big part of a lot of Christmas movies. Um, so I, I mean, he's right. So I guess when you think of it that way and you expand upon it and think about like form and structure of film and holiday, then yeah, maybe Die Hard does fit. <laughs> I, I'm, I haven't seen it. I just know about it. This is very much, as we discussed before the show, something that sits within white straight culture, which are two things I am not. So I will not be shamed Twitter for not seeing this, but slide into my DMs, do it and talk <laughs> to me about it. But like, sure, I'll let you guys have this. You can have Die Hard. And you know what? I also have not seen it. So sorry for bringing this up as a point today in the show. But to be honest, like we both have not seen this movie, but my God, do we hear people fighting about if it's a holiday movie or not every damn year. So we know enough information to talk about it. I would I would assume that Bruce Willis was Santa Claus for how much you guys talk about this. Like it is really something that is quite passionately talked about by straight people. So good job, guys. Love that for you. All right. When we come back, we've got Stephen LeConte for another edition of DM 911. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G! Leaping grab Devontae Adams! Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Welcome back. 
Joining us again today is BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver, Stephen LeConte. If you haven't heard him on our show before, here's the deal. Stephen keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram all the time, so anyone can ask him for help with their problems. And he's back on the show again to give some advice to our listeners. Welcome back, Stephen. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So we're starting off with one that'll probably hit close to home for a lot of people. This writer lives with their girlfriend and the girlfriend's mom, and neither of them are taking social distancing seriously. The writer has explained why this makes them feel uncomfortable, and the mom and girlfriend say they understand, then turn around and hang out with friends. This DMer hasn't seen anyone outside of work and feels powerless over the situation. They've dated this girlfriend for five years. What should they do? So, okay, so this person was talking about um, whether or not they should leave their relationship. And uh, I think that might be something they should do. But first and foremost, I think they need to think about leaving that house. It sounds like your girlfriend and her mother are creating a really unsafe, high-risk environment. Not only are they socializing freely on their own time, but they're also bringing guests back into the home. I'm just going to hazard a guess that they're not like wearing masks or taking other precautions just because you say they don't take COVID seriously. The situation all but guarantees that if anyone in their social circle becomes infected, you're going to get sick too. And that's really dangerous. So yes, if it's at all financially possible for you, I think you should find a new place to live for the time being. Um, As for whether or not to leave the relationship, I think there's a complicated way to look at that and a more simple way to look at it. The complicated way takes into consideration the fact that you have such a long and substantial history together. Uh, You've been together for five years. You love her. It might be hard to imagine breaking up with someone over a problem that will ultimately be a temporary one. The pandemic will end, and so will the mandate to practice social distancing. But there's also a simpler way of looking at this. Uh, You asked your girlfriend to make some relatively minor sacrifices so that she wouldn't inadvertently kill you and or kill thousands of others. And though it was entirely within her power to make those sacrifices, she decided not to do it. She put her desire to hang out with people over your safety. And even when this pandemic is over, that will always be a thing she did. That is selfish, reckless, frankly, disgusting behavior. Um, I can't tell you whether to take the complicated or the simple approach to this issue. That is a really personal choice. But I can tell you this much. If the pandemic is teaching you things about your girlfriend that you never knew before or showing sides of her that you've never seen before, I think you should keep your eyes open to that, consider it carefully, and trust your gut. Ooh, Steven, I love that. That's, I mean, you, that was, you're correct. I have nothing more to add to that besides you're correct. You know, someone shows you who they are, believe them, as Maya Angelou says. And I love that's, what you're that. saying. that's the thing. We can't just be like, this is a one-time thing. Like, this isn't normal life. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it, right now it is normal life. And they're acting how they normally would in a situation like this. So, yeah. I think mm. the truth about people really comes out in moments of crisis. And that's mm. what we're seeing now. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Dark. All right. So the next one is complicated. And full disclosure, I have gone through this before, which is why I'm very excited to sit, to ask you this. this I'm I'm saying that. Go, go ham, go ham. Do interesting. Whatever you need to do. This is an interesting. Uh, okay, go, go right. for it. So this girl and her long distance boyfriend broke up after two years of dating. It's been four months since the breakup, but she's salty that he started seeing someone new three weeks after they broke up. She doesn't want him back, but feels jealous of the fact that he quote replaced her so quickly. She wants to know why she's feeling this way and how she can move on. What are your thoughts here, Stephen, for her and me? 
I mean, that definitely sounds like a painful, upsetting development. I can understand why it's hurting her. Three weeks is a really quick turnaround after a long-term relationship. And I think the fact that he's now dating someone who was friends with him while you two were dating understandably adds even more hurt and confusion into the mix. Doesn't mean he did anything wrong, but I can see why it's hurtful. Uh, here's what I would say to the, uh, to the letter writer, though. When you break up with someone, which she did, she broke up with him. When you break up with someone, it's usually because you think the relationship is no longer worth the investment of your time and energy. And the best advice I can give you in terms of moving on is to start investing that time and energy you just got back into more worthwhile causes. Uh, that reinvestment is going to look different for everyone. Like for some, it might be a romantic reinvestment, downloading dating apps, going on dates, sliding into DMs, flirting with crushes. Uh, for others, it might be a personal reinvestment. Maybe there are career goals you want to focus on right now, or a passion project you've always wanted to tackle, or even friendships that you've maybe let fall by the wayside and you want to start tending to them again. Relationships, whether they're good or bad, just necessarily take up a significant amount of our headspace, our emotional lives, our daily schedules and routines. And a lot of the process of healing from a breakup is just figuring out what to do with all the time and energy you just reclaimed. So use it take advantage of it, relish it. You just got like at least a few hours added back to each of your days. That's a good thing. Do all the things you wish you could be doing back when you were dating him. You broke up with him. So I'm guessing there are at least a few things on that list. Ooh, I needed to, I mean, she needed to. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I just for no, everyone, dear listeners, my, my version of this was like three, four years ago. So it, this was a long time ago, but at the time I had similar thoughts of why am I, we just broke up. It was, you know, consensual. We've decided due to various reasons. And, but he had a new boyfriend immediately. And I found out and went, I was just in my feelings and I finally had to be like, Zach, don't worry about all the questions you have, speculation. You have moved on. Use that time to invest in yourself. Stop worrying about something that's already done. I think it's hard because it's like, okay, you, each of us, we're the main character in our own lives, right? So yes. when you're the main character, it's like, how dare someone not want to be with me right now, even though I just broke up with them? How dare? And it's it's very much that, but it's like, you know what? They weren't right for you. They're going to be right for someone else, whether you like it or not. And it's just like, like Steven said, invest in yourself and move on. Exactly. Yes. That breakup was all about you both saying, I love you, but you will love being with someone else more than me right now. Go find that person. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually it. want to say there's almost like a, there's a blessing to be found in having that situation happen to you because it does force you to let go mm. because you can no longer live under the illusion of like, well, maybe we are going to get back. It's like, nope, he has a girlfriend. And so <laughs> it, yeah, Over. It, it, it might not be what how you wanted it to play out, but there is a blessing to be found within it if you, if you want to take it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So finally, we've got some phone sleuthing and snooping going on. Our final writer broke a major privacy rule and went through her boyfriend's phone. She found out that his friends trash her in group texts, which she's sort of not surprised about. But she's mad that her boyfriend either doesn't reply or simply says, lol, in response. She's upset her boyfriend hasn't defended her and she never wants to be around his friends anymore. How should she handle this? Okay. 
I'm really glad that this letter writer acknowledged that she broke a major privacy rule here. I, I just feel like on principle, I should start this advice by echoing what she already wrote in her message, which is that it's really not okay to snoop through a partner's phone. It's a huge violation of trust. It's deeply unfair to your partner. And it is just never, ever, ever an okay thing to do. However, <laughs> you did it and you can't unring that bell. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So let's talk about how to proceed. Um, even though you discovered this information in a less than ideal way, I don't think you should have to play dumb or pretend like you never saw it. Um, and unfortunately, what you've seen is actually pretty disturbing. It sounds like there's a loaded history between you and your boyfriend's friends. I don't know what that history is, but it's pretty clear that there's some tension there. Uh, but screenshotting and mocking your social media posts, criticizing your appearance, that's really deeply personal, hurtful, fucked up stuff. That's stuff you do to people you hate. And for your boyfriend to just respond lol to it is... Uh, awful. It's immature, it's cruel, it's a huge betrayal, and most importantly, it's just not what a partner does. I think your impulse to snoop through your boyfriend's phone was toxic and unhealthy. I think your boyfriend being a party to these deeply personal attacks on you was also toxic and unhealthy. If I may be so bold, it sounds like your relationship might be toxic and unhealthy. So the best advice I've got, honestly, is to break up. Clean and simple. I, I was going to say that too. It just kind of sounds like you two shouldn't be together because, hey, you do deserve someone who respects you enough to call out his friends for shitting on you. And mm -hmm. also you shouldn't go through other people's personal property. 100%. My thing is, if you ever reach a moment where you have to consider violating the privacy of your partner, maybe it's time to just exit left. Time to go. You don't even cross that because you also want to always keep the upper hand. What is wrong with you all? <laughs> you, like, always keep power. Number one rule in this. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> so I watched Who Can Play That Game last night, so I'm really feeling a type of way. Vivica A. Fox really has touched my heart from 2001. <laughs> you know, it's really, really rare that in these advice things that I will just say outright, break up. But like, this just feels like one of them where I'm like, you're doing things that are toxic and fucked up. He's doing things that are toxic and fucked up. I don't even really have to like do too much of an autopsy on this relationship to know like it's dead. You know what I mean? So, so break up. All right. Well, that's a great place to stop today. Steven, thank you so much. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I hopefully some of these listeners appreciate you too now for some clear advice. <laughs> that's it for the week. Have a happy holiday. We'll be back on Monday when we're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic and Allie Hayes about everything we're looking forward to in TV and film in 2021. And remember, Brianna, I will get a mullet for you and maybe Heather Gay will too. <laughs> News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanin. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesh Hatikader, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. 
Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog, cat, giraffe, giraffe, really? Giraffe, uh, giraffe. You're not gonna get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.